And yes, it is Gardening Talkback on a Monday lunchtime with Barry from Sharp City Gardeners joining me, Jan Klein, while Sarah's off having a day off. And Barry, as usual, the normal drill is we've got something special for the best call that comes in today on Gardening Talkback. What, what have we got? Absolutely. Probably my most favourite um, garden product is Flourish and the lucky a communicator will get one kilo box of uh, flourish. Sounds really good, and that will really make your garden flourish. So you've got everything to play for, and, of course, all the good things coming your way because you can get your questions solved as well. So give us a call, 49216216, if you'd like to get your gardening question, question answered. Now, Barry, we are at the end of February, not quite at the end, but it seems that we're on the cusp of autumn. I, I think we've uh, missed it. Just like um, spring, we miss spring. Somebody forgot to turn the switch on. Um, it seems to be that someone's forgotten uh, the end of summer and the last 10 or 12 days has been just a delight. Uh, but that makes a lot of difference for gardens and uh, I presume people want to know about that. I presume we all do, yes. <laughs> so, uh, some plants will be happy, no doubt, that summer's on the way out or has gone, and some plants may not be. Which are the ones that will be happy that the hot well, weather's gone? The ones that will be happy is um, things like camellias, azaleas, that like the cold weather, um, clivias, um, that don't like humidity. Um, they cause a lot of problems for those plants that I've just mentioned. So what happens to clivias when, because they're such a beautiful orange flower, aren't they coming out of, of those reed-like, no, they're not really reed-like leaves, are they? But they are a bit yeah. <laughs> like that. Uh, what, um, what sorts of things, what sort of problems do clivias get? Well, they go yellow if they're put towards the sun. And if the sun is so terribly hot, it's likely to kill them. Right. So they do probably do quite well in a shadier area for our yes. climate. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, and uh, the other ones you were talking about, camellias, yes. they don't like the humidity either? No, the humidity is a little bit bad and it causes uh, fungus and the fungus causes uh, the flower to fall off. So <laughs> None of that is good, is it? No. <laughs> what about the plants that will be sad? That we've lost, that we've lost summer. Um, things like roses that love uh, at least six hours of hot sun a day, um, but roses don't like much humidity, so they'll be a fifty-fifty bet, I suppose you could say. Right. Um, yes. So roses. We might talk a little bit more about uh, roses in just a little while. Um, but we do have a caller on the line, and can hello. Oops, we don't have that caller anymore. However, we will have, I think this might be Jim. Jim from Charlestown, and you've got a a peach and or a nectarine tree, and you've got fruit fly. Uh, Well, two different different things. Uh, We have the peacherine tree, which um, the end of all the twigs and branches has just got sap coming out of it. It still seems to be healthy enough, but I wonder what that might be caused by. Any clues there, Barry? Or how it can be remedied, or do I need to bother? I had a bad connection for the start of that question. Could you um, just tell us what the what the uh, problem is? Yeah, it's a peacherine tree, and out of the end of all the branches, and um, it's only small at this stage, it's a, um, it's a dwarf one anyway, but 
Uh, it's just got brown sap, which solidifies eventually, coming out of the end of all the branches and twigs. Yeah, that's pretty typical of um, stone fruit. Um, so not to worry? No, I wouldn't be worrying about it, but just have a look at it to make sure it's not a borer or... Um, and if it is, well, it won't be. You know. No, no, I can't see any little dust yeah. dolls or anything. Yeah, no. Uh, and it's absolutely every every little twig and branch yeah. end. Yeah, mm. yeah, no, not and, a problem. And the other thing is, I'm getting about one tomato out of about 20, uh, and even capsicums with fruit fly. And I've tried Maldeston and fruit fly traps and uh, all sorts of fruit fly killers. Uh, if, if you tried the Echo Oil? Uh, only when um, on the citrus trees. How'd it go? Uh, well, it fixed up the leaf miner and um, scale. Yeah. But I didn't have any problem with fruit fly on the citrus trees. It's only the tomatoes and capsicums. Yeah, well, why don't you At give it a try? Oil, I keep them off. Yeah, I reckon, um, I reckon try the eco oil again. And we are talking gardening at the moment with Barry from Sharp City Gardeners. And Barry, we do have a caller and it is Julie on the line who's got a problem. She's in Warmbrill and she's got a problem with strawberries. What's your problem, Julie? Hi. My strawberries seem, on the leaves seem to have a white coating on them and the strawberries themselves have got little white dots on them. What are they? Yeah. You said you come from Womberall? Yes. All right, how far are you from the surf for a start? Um, probably half a kilometre. It's not salt? No, no, it's, it, right. it won't rub off. Okay. And the white dots are a little bit fluffy on the strawberries. That sounds interesting, <laughs> fluffy oh, white no. dots. <laughs> they wipe off. Oh, they but... wipe off easily? Well, sort of, if you wash them and use your finger. Oh, yeah, well, look, a moment ago I spoke to um, Jim from Charlestown and I mentioned echo oil. Yeah. Um, that would probably be the safest to use. Okay. Um, because you're going to eat the fruit. Yeah. And it will get rid of that mite uh, that you've got on your the strawberries and everything will be free. Now, you've got them up off the ground, haven't Correct. you? Correct. Yeah, you got them on straw or... Um, I've got them in a long, long tub overhanging. Oh, good, good. Yeah, well, you're doing everything right, so try the eco oil and see how you go. Okay, thank you very much. All the best, then. Thanks for your call, Julie. And uh, at this stage, we seem to have lost Jack, so maybe, Jack, you had a problem with citrus trees, so if you could give us a call back, that would be really good. 49216216 for your questions to come through uh, to Barry. And, Barry, we were talking about uh, fruit fly just a little while ago. I've got fruit fly buzzing around my kitchen at the moment, <laughs> so I don't know what the garden's doing. <laughs> uh, you must be a good fruit eater, but yeah. that's a good sign, isn't it, that uh, you're well, a good fruit eater? Well, that part's good, but I don't know that the uh, the other thing's quite so good, is it? <laughs> well, being in the kitchen, you're probably better to get one of those fruit fly traps that are readily available at uh, nurseries and other places. Okay. And um, it'll um, stop the thing the uh, flies from being there right so yeah. does that work a bit like the um, the sticky paper that you can catch ordinary flies on oh not so gross as that 
<laughs> so you don't have to deal with the corpses afterwards, eh? No, that's right. Oh, well, I'm pleased to hear that. Well, 49216216, that's the number to ring to get your question through to Barry at the moment. Find out what's wrong with your garden. And Sue's rung in from Fern Bay. Now, Sue, you've got a problem with your fig tree. Hi, Barry. Hi, how are you going, Sue? Um, good, thank you. Just wanted to ask, we bought a fig tree for the in-laws the Christmas before last, and it's healthy, it produced, it was very prolific with fruit at Christmas time, just gone, but it hasn't grown in height at all. Well, and I was wondering if you could tell us if there's something we should be putting on it to make the tree grow. It's an edible fruit. Yes. Yep. And what have you got it planted in? At the moment it's in the ground. Yeah, is it in a sandy soil or? Uh, it's actually in Hamilton, so I don't know. It's medium sort of soil, I suppose. Well, it varies there. You can get clay right through to sand. Yeah, it doesn't seem clay. It just seems. Uh, it's a grey. It's not. It doesn't seem to have a lot of um, compost type. Yeah, Sue, are you feeding it at all? No, they're not. They're just giving it the water. Well, that's half of the problem. Okay. What should they be giving it? Well, there's if you want it to fruit, and oh, it's fruiting hugely. Yeah. Well, there's a couple of things you should do. Yeah. With most fruit, you take off most of the fruit in the first year, so that the energy doesn't go into the fruit and not into the tree. Okay. So that's over and done with. So let's see yes. what we can do about it now. And the thing to do now would be to feed it up. Um, cow manure uh, or flourish that's going to be given out as a uh, prize today. Um, okay. So that would be what I'd be doing and um, water it well. Um, but just be kind to it and take some of the fruit off next year so that it uh, grows. Okay. Thank you very much. All the best, Sue. Thanks for your call, Sue. Um, Hamilton should be a pretty good place to grow fig trees, wouldn't it, Barry? Yes, it's a, a good spot, actually. Excellent. Well, 49216216, you know that's the number. And Heather has dialed that number. She's from Cameron Park, and black beetles are the subject, Heather. Yes, it is. I just wonder if you could tell me, I, I believe the white curl grub is what causes the black beetles. When would I treat the lawn for that, and what would I use? Um, well, you should take a trip to your local nursery. Yes. And... Um, get the black beetle and grub killer uh, and just apply it. And the best time to do it, today. Okay. I've, I've been treating the lawn with Baseroid and I have used Penside. Yes. And at the moment I'm on top of the black beetles, but I just wanted to know how I can kill off the white curl grubs before they hatch into the black beetles. Is well, that possible? That if you... Yeah, it is. Look, yep. what it really means is that you just give it a... a go until you get rid of them yeah and they're easily to kill they're easy beg your pardon they're easy to kill yeah uh, it's just an application and it should kill them and should and should you start sort of like september october or i'd do it now and see how it goes yeah i have done it i've done it and done it and done it and i've got like three thousand black beetles out of the lawn the lawn is and now no... i'm on top of it finally but i'm just thinking for next year no grubs at all no no grubs at all yeah as soon beetles. as the um as soon as it starts to get a little humid, yes. um, look for the um, telltale signs. What you'll see with it is army grub. Um, and if you see the little butterfly, oh, beg your pardon, 
moths come out or small butterflies, whatever they are. Yeah, the little creamy coloured ones. Yeah, that come out of your lawn. Yes. That's the time to do it and then do it a fortnight later just to kill off everything else as well. Okay, wonderful. Thank you. Okay. Thanks for your call, Heather. 49216216 will get your question through to us and you can get the good oil from Barry from Sharp City Gardeners. On to a new RFM. Gardening Talkback is the program. 49216216, the number to ring to get your question through to Barry from Sharp City Gardeners. And that's exactly what Liz has done from the Central Coast. Hello, Liz. Hello. You've got a question you'd like to put to Barry. Diane, yes. Uh, I have I have a, just had a recently just had a good tomato crop and just picking the end, the last of them now. And uh, they, they were polar and uh, what's the other one, the, uh, the good one? Anyway, I forget that. Uh, what, Barry, what can I uh, put into the garden now? What can I get it ready for? What are good vegetables? Well, the first thing you just mentioned, the magic word, what can I get it ready for? The first thing I'd be doing would be to remove all the summer crops and um, put, uh, turn your garden over, dig it deep, turn it over, get rid of all the little um, rocks and what have you that are in there or the hard bits of soil, Mm -hmm. break it down and then add chicken manure because most um, winter that's a pellet is it Barry well you please yourself about that well I've got I've got a bag of chicken manure there yeah well that's the one that I'd go but pellets are just the same so it's um, choice you know as to which you want uh, best but when you put the chicken manure in dig it over a couple of times and leave it 7 to 10 days before you put your veggies in Oh, it'll burn all right. Isn't it funny? It burns on one occasion, and the moment that it settles down, it promotes good uh, veggies. But um, the veggies I'd be looking at are cabbages and um, some of the silver beets and things like that that are around. Yeah, I've got silver beet in. Yeah. Or spinach in now. Yeah. And uh, it's just on the end of it, I'll pull that out. Yes. But the other tomato was, I couldn't re- remember was the uh, gross lissy. Yeah, I had very good uh, results oh, with gross lissy this year. Yeah. And that polar one, you heard of those? Yeah, no, I haven't. Um, they're big, they're large. Are they? Well, my friend got uh, weighed one 700 grams. Wow. 700. Mm. Yeah. Sounds really big. Uh, Les, that's great. So it looks as though you've got uh, some new veggie crops to uh, to uh, go on with. And um, so spinach and these things, or silver beet you were saying, Barry, is that, um, when's that likely to be ready then for harvesting? Uh, generally when you put our seedlings in, mm-hmm. uh, you're looking about 10 to 14 weeks. 10 to mostly. 14 weeks, yeah. right. Okay. So, um, yeah, it's always very nice to think about um, eating produce from your garden. Nothing better. Nothing better. Gardening talk back. And Peter from Merriweather has rung in on 49216216 hibiscus. Now, they grow pretty well, Peter, don't they, in Merriweather? Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, normally they do, but uh, I've got a bit of a problem. The the leaves are all turning yellow on a a couple of them. Wondering what's going on there and whether I should be feeding them something or chopping them out and putting in 
something else or whatever. Could I ask you? Yeah, could I just ask you a couple of questions about it, please, Peter? Yep. Uh, First one is, do you have them in pots or are they in the ground? No, they're in the ground. All right. And are they old plants or new plants? No, they'd be about two or three years old, I think. All right. And you've got them in the sun? Yep, yep. And you water them regularly? Oh, pretty regularly, yeah, yeah. A few times a week. Okay. Now, what about, that's half of the problem solved. The next part of the problem is, what do you feed them? Um, kindly words, mostly, and a bit of singing occasionally. <laughs> that sounds the way to go. <laughs> Well, I've heard of people talking to plants and some people say, yes, that that's a way to make them work, but unfortunately it won't with this one. This time you'll need to get some cow manure. All right, yep. um, And just put a bucket full of cow manure around to the um, drip line. Yep. Um, Out from there, uh, water it in, and uh, in a couple of weeks you should see a change from green to, uh, from yellow to green. You don't dig it in? Oh, look, <laughs> be careful because there's root systems there. Your tree's under a little bit of stress at the moment. Yep. Uh, the bush, rather, is under a bit of stress at the moment, so you don't want to put it under greater stress by digging in. Okay. Um, if you just scarify the very top of the ground yep. and then put the manure on, that would suffice. Oh, cool. Excellent. All right. Thanks Thanks very much, Peter. So good luck with your hibiscus, Peter. They are such a wonderful flower, aren't they, Barry? Yes, they are. And uh, they are Pacific Island flower, I think, aren't they? But they seem to like the coast and the salt air, and so they give a wonderful display of colour. They are at the moment. They're just looking gorgeous. Mm. And Gardening Talkback, the number to ring is 49216216 to get your question through to Barry from Sharp City Gardeners, our sponsor, and Rosie. From Corlett, you've got a question about tree ferns, I believe. Yes. Okay. I've, mm-hmm. I've got two. One's a tall, skinny one with a pattern up it where the trunks, where the branches have come off. And the other one is um, a fat one with a woolly trunk and it seems to sucker from the trunk. Yep. Yeah. Is, is there a problem with the tree ferns? Oh, <laughs> Yeah, the tall one, what, if you cut them in half and plant the top bit, will they keep growing? Well, for sure the, the woolly one will. All right. <laughs> How are you, Rosie? You all right? I'm pretty good, thanks, yes. Yeah, that's good. The, um, uh, the what did you call it, the uh, woolly one. one? The woolly one, or I the woolly certainly one. would. Yeah, the skinny one I'm not so sure about. Okay. Um, how tall are they? Well, the woolly one's not not very tall at all. He's probably um, uh, probably five feet tall. Yeah, that sounds like. And the like trunks a... go up, and the branches go up another five feet. Yeah, well, you must be giving a good water into the centre of the plant. I think you? it's in a spring, subterranean spring. Oh, aren't I lucky? Well, <laughs> everything well, does well, well along that side. Does it? Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like a cooper eye. But the sounds like what? A cooper eye. What's that? That's the brand of... Uh, brand of tree, tree. fern, eh? Oh, yeah. tree fern. Oh, OK. Yeah. Yeah. But the other one I'm not too sure about, Rosie, so yeah. I shouldn't... Uh, Say anything Just do the one. woolly one, eh? 
<laughs> and what about um, mangoes? Apparently you cut them back by a third. Um, and could I do that now and get a bit of growth on so that it might even fruit next year? Is there is there any fruit showing at the moment? No, it's finished. And what have you got in the way of the tree? Is it leaves and that all right or not? Oh, yeah, a very healthy tree. Huge it is. Is it? Yes, enormous. No black spot on it? No. Oh, that's strange with all the um, type of weather that we've been having. With yeah, the no, it's got and no black like. spot. Come, some of the leaves at the bottom have got like a golden circle on them and it puts its roots up into the compost heap and I thought it might be needing something. Yeah, it sounds like you need to put some um, good old cow manure into it. Cow manure. I give it... Um, what I give it? Uh, what's that that you buy? It smells strong. Blood and bone. Oh, that's good. I give it a few bags of blood and bone. Look, that's really, really good. Oh, okay. Yeah, just slightly trim it back. Um, by a third, do you think? Well, I'm, tree. I'm not sure. It's a big tree, yeah, but I'm not sure that I'd cut it back that hard. Oh, okay. Uh, you've never done it before, have you? No. No. And it's um, about 20 years old now. Oh, well, it won't grow much higher then. Ah. It's just growing over some wires, yeah. out, you know, electricity-wise. Yep. Okay, so it sounds as though it's sort of almost at the end of its growing life. It's still going to be quite happy and it just needs to be fed to keep to keep going. So uh, good luck with your tree ferns, etc. Rosie, sounds as though you've got a great garden. On 2NURFM, this is Gardening Talkback, 49216216. And Chris has rung in now from Bellbird. Now, bay leaves you're talking about, Chris. Yes, it's, um, I've got a bay leaf tree at the front of the house. Yes. And it's um, getting some, uh, about 20% of the leaves are kind of gone discoloured and look like they're dying. And I was wondering if that's just normal or whether I need to do something. Yeah, just a couple of questions. When you say discoloured, what colour are they, are they going? They're going yellowy, kind of limey coloured, and then dying, going brown. Yeah. Uh, they've got some black stuff underneath it. It's not soot, but... Not so, definitely not soot? No, I've got, I've got them here, no, it's not soot. Yeah, is there... Um, is there any ants running up and down your tree? No, I haven't noticed any, but there is. They, they, some of the leaves get this white things on the back of it. They look like some kind of grub or tiny little white, kind of a scaly thing on the back. Yeah, it sounds like you might have a bit of scale there. Okay. Uh, and I'd suggest that you put um, a, a scale killer on it, either white oil or... Um, yeah, I, I like white oil. I use the eco stuff. It yeah. didn't work as well. Yeah. Um the other thing is, uh, we've got a lot of fruit fly in. I gave up last year on the fruit fly. Um, you mean uh, it had its way? <laughs> hmm? You let it go? <laughs> well, it just, you know, it was costing so much to try and kill them. I did everything netted, put pineapple juice and water on and used the baits, everything, but they still got through. Yeah. So um, what I'm doing now is um, I've beat them because um, the best source of pectin is small apples. So I just pull the unripe apples off and use it for making pectin. Oh, good. 
<laughs> you get so to the apples. Sure they're going to starve to death. Uh, good on you. Right. Yeah. That sounds great, Chris. So anyone that makes home marmalades and jams, they want pectin and don't want to pay for it, you just use your own ripe apples. Oh, good. Best what a sort great... Of pectin source Great tip. Thank you okay. for that, Thanks Chris, and good luck with your bay leaves as well. So 49216216 if you'd like to put a question to Barry today for Gardening Talkback. Uh, it is 10 to 1 at the moment. Now, we were talking about lemons, and I think we've got a um, something about lemon trees. Was citrus trees? Was that what... Just came in the message, Barry? Yes, it was. We've got, uh, last week you may remember a lot of people um, rang in about fruit fly within the middle of a lemon. That is when you cut the lemon open, it's brown inside. What it is is um, just a little lady, a female, uh, oh gee, this is a tongue twister. (laughs) Good. A female fruit fly uh, lays the egg in there unfertilized eggs and they remain in there and um, then it causes the brownness later on now the this is from a fellow called Tom um, and he has said that fruit fly remedy is Vegemite and vanilla mixed together I might eat that myself Uh, put it in a plastic bottle holes in the bottle for the fly to enter and uh, hang it in the tree and uh, it'll Help you help you go. Now I don't know about that, but it's, it's worth a try. Worth a try. And gardening talk back. And Julie is on the line now from Mayfield. Now you've got some problems with roses, Julie. Oh, well, not so much problems, but I'm just not sure what I have to do with them. I've given them a summer prune and given them some poultry manure because they just looked awful from th- this weather. So what else do I need to do with them? Right. You, when you gave them the prune, did you take it back a third? Yes, I did. Oh, good. Well, yes. here's a lady that knows what uh, she's doing. So perhaps I should say, would you have a guess at what you next want to do? Feed mm, them so something else for the flowering, uh, maybe? Give the lady a rubber stamp. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I do read Mr. Sharp's articles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Well, we can't um, question Judy's uh, stuff. So, But it is. What you need is a rose food um, to follow it up. And then because we've had such terrible uh, humidity, you should have a little bit of yellowing of the leaves or black spot yeah. and copper oxychloride and water, everything except the copper oxychloride. And Bob's your uncle. Wonderful, Barry. I've got some of that. Oh, good on you. Excellent. So it sounds as though you're all set for your next uh, go with the roses. Thank you for your call, Julie. And Joy joins us now from Stockton. Azalea's on the agenda at the moment, Joy. Yes, unfortunately. I've um, just found some, in the last few days, some orangey-coloured crickets in them. Orangey? I wondered if they would hurt them. Or I don't particularly want to kill them, but I don't want them there either. No, you said crickets, did you? Well, they look like crickets to me. Yeah, it's probably orange because of the dirt colour, is it? Well, they're up the top. No, they're they're like a yellowy, orangey colour. Oh, they're eating the leaves. I'm just looking at it now. It is eating the leaves. Yeah, well, insect and mite 
probably the best thing for it. It's uh-huh. systemic, so you've got a, gl- a glove up and uh, masks and wear protective clothing uh-huh. and spray it on and you'll find that it'll do the job. Oh, great. Because oh. they're really, really, really good at the moment. That's great, Joy. Okay, good luck with your azaleas. And a last call quickly from Martin from Womberall, Persian fruit. Talk to you in a minute. Talk to you later. All right, no problem. Well, you're talking to us now, Martin. (laughs) Sorry, someone else came and interrupted me. (laughs) Okay, tell us about your passion fruit very quickly. I'm not a gardener. My wife's the gardener. And and she keeps explaining to me she gets, you've got a lovely, healthy passion fruit plant, heaps of flowers, but no fruit. So she spoke to the local garden centre and came home with a lavender plant, which attracts the bees. So we've now got bees, but still no fruit. Yeah, well, again, I keep saying it, it's half the problem. You've got to look at it in its entirety. I'd suggest it just mulch around the um, round near where the plant is into the ground and uh, cow manure and you'll be right, mate. Okay, so mulch and cow manure does a lot of good things and that brings us almost to the end of Gardening Talkback but our winner, our best call, winner of the prize today? We'll give it to Julie from Mayfield. I think the reason being, here's a lady that's doing the right thing. She's going to use the uh, product. So, And how does she get the product? Well, she can uh, go to Merriweather or Georgetown and pick up a one kilo box of wonderful product called Flourish. From Sharp City Gardeners. Thank you, Barry. That's Gardening Talkback for today. And we'll be looking at your garden again next next Monday after the midday news on 2NURFM.